With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. On the street, it's Sandown meeting on Australia Day on a Thursday afternoon in Victoria. And what a meeting that promises to be. It's one of my favourites, mainly because of the previous to the Blue Diamond. So many unraced two-year-olds stepping out for the first time. And owners have big dreams and trainers have big dreams that they might hopefully um, produce something pretty special there in a race like that as most of these two-year-olds make their debut. Greg Rose has done a wonderful job with his track at Sandown and he joins us now for a track update ahead of the meeting tomorrow. Greg, thanks for your time, mate. Um, what's the track looking like um, for this meeting on, on a Thursday and what's the weather looking like in Melbourne? Yeah, good morning, Gareth. Yeah, the um, it's, well, it's, weather's beautiful right now. Um, we are on the hillside track tomorrow in the Rail and the True. Uh, we're out hillside last Wednesday, about out of 12 metres. So we've got um, a nice uh, 12 metre with cover of grass. It's uh, in beautiful conditions. So I'm um, looking forward to it. And I think it'll be... Um, the hillside's been racing quite well lately and uh, I can't see any different uh, tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to it. Melbourne's weather can be a little bit hit and miss. You can have four seasons in one day. What are you expecting in the next 24 hours, weather-wise? Yeah. Okay, it's going to cool down, um, they're saying. It's going to be 22 degrees, a little bit overcast, uh, with a, I think it's a southwesterly breeze of about 15 to 20 kilometres okay. an hour. So it shouldn't, so the, yeah, the, cool. the wind won't um, play any part anyway with the pattern if it's um, 15 to 20 k's. Would I be right in saying that? Yeah, that's right. And uh, down the front straight, they get a little bit, a bit of protection from the grandstand as well. So, uh, yeah, I don't think it's strong enough to, to play any part tomorrow. All right, mate. We wish you the best of luck. Looking forward to that meeting. And um, I tell you what, you've done a wonderful job with the grounds at Sandown. I was talking to a few people the other day. The, the renovations um, with the facilities are second to none. You can see the horses in the back parade, the front parade, plenty of space for the kids to run around, um, great vantage points to watch the races. It, it's actually a, a treat to go to the races there at Sandown. So um, job well done there. Okay, thanks for that. I'll, uh, I'll pass that on to others as well. Good on you, Greg. There's Greg Groves there with the track update for Sandown for that meeting tomorrow. We'll take a break. Then we'll come back with our experts, Jules Valance, and also Dean Watling to dissect some of those feature races there at Sandown. Welcome back to Giddy Up. It's time to preview this wonderful card at Sandown tomorrow. And today's wagering update brought to you by Bet365, the world's favourite online betting company. Gamble responsibly. Call the gambling hotline on one 800 858 858 from the Foxcatcher Intel.com team. Um, uh, our great mate Jules Valance, one of the great racing minds, joins us here on Giddy Up to preview this meeting along with Dean Watling. Jules, first of all, hello to you. Um, what do you make of this meeting? I'm excited. I, I love this meeting each and every year, basically because of the unknown um, with these two year olds. Um, how do you play a card like this, mate? Yeah, it's a really good point. I, I agree. It's something to be very excited about because you can just get a sense that there's some really good horses back on the scene. You get a bit of a better picture 
of the big grand final of a, a blue diamond. For me, I'm a little bit buyer beware, especially with the previews. You've, you've got to understand that these horses are most of them first up, some first starters, and there's the bigger picture at play. Mm-hmm. So coming out and winning a blue diamond preview, is that better than coming out and winning a blue diamond? We know the answer to that. So you just got to be careful of where these horses are at. And, um, especially in these two-year-old races, market's always your best friend with these. So they more or less show you what are the horses that you know are right there for that occasion. Um, you just got to be really careful about charging into horses that you think are really good on the clock, uh, say on debut, they've had time off or, or whatever it may be, because in essence, they're probably all here to win a blue diamond and, and that's still some time off. Cracker Rib was impressive at Flemington before going for a break in the Colts and Geldings preview. He's at 5.50, bet 3.65. The instructor made a statement on Debu at Packenham. He's the 2.50 favourite. Adrian Bott happy with him. Um, Altruce is an interesting cold out of that superstar South African mare by Snitzel, and he's at $13. Michael Kent Jr. expects him to finish in the top four. Five Flower for Cadolphin and the Freedmans at $7, and then Goods at $9. So, Dino, what do you make of uh, the preview for the Colts and Geldings? It's a fascinating race. This. I think there's so many unraced runners. I think you've really got to arrow in it. You jump out and figure out which Sabres fire first up and which don't. I think both, both the Price and Ken Jr. and the Godolphin stable, um, well, the Anthony C, uh, Sam Freeman stable, really fire first up. But I'm keen to be with Cracker Rib. I really love the profile of horses that have a win. They go out for a spell. Then they've got that spell under their belt and they come back against horses here and haven't seen a race day. And that form's really stacked up. Little bros has come out and the jump outs back this prep have been outstanding. So I think there's some value in the price of Cracker Rib. The instructor's an interesting horse, dominant on debut jewels, but the time and the figures out of it wasn't um, anything special. I think it's a drifter in the market. If it gets out to a silly price like $3, I think you can have a bet there too with the instructor. Yeah, I think you make a really good point, Dino. Um, to the eye, I think everyone was really spellbound by the instructor. And then when you actually look at the facts and figures, it doesn't um, jump off the page, absolutely. I, I see early doors. Again, we speak about these early markets. Once the market goes up, bang, there's some, there's some play. And then, uh, you know, it's been sort of well-supported in the early doors, but sort of means nothing come race time when, the you know, the bigger guys look at the numbers. So I think you're right. That cracker rib race, went enormous with me as well. And probably the only thing that punters will look at and go, oh, it was $21. But just don't read too much into the starting prices of these really young horses, especially second, third, probably up to four starts. I think it can be a little bit misleading. I know it can be a really good guide and part of the puzzle, but for these horses that are just on the scene, don't get sucked into, oh, well, it mustn't be much good because it won our 20s and the race hasn't gone any good. Just be careful with that. That race... Um, as you mentioned, Dan, I did go really well. In the Phillies preview, Aditi, who I thought was good on debut there at Flemington at 320 in the favourite, exploring at $10. You've got a horse like Picky at 19 Tapata set at $12. The Sonic Boom at $11, making its debut. And Eldenberry, another one for the Freedmans at $6, Dino. Yeah, good. another good race here. Um, Aditi, obviously, trialled up in Sydney um, behind a horse or in front of a horse called Mumbai Muse, who's a full to Mumbai Jewel, goes around in the Widdon this weekend. So that's a key form line. We can follow that. And then went down to Flemington and had a jump out, which is really good, up on pace. Jamie Carr, Barry won. And we know the Waterhouse and Bot Stable firing at the minute. I think probably bottom odds, Jules, about that horse. I think the one out of the jump outs that I really like 
is the Anthony and Sam Freeman trained um, elderberry. Lovely action. Pushed out in the latest and really found the line. I think there's some juice in that price around that $6 mark. Um, if I'm going to play this race, I'm going to be back in the number 10 elderberry. Yeah, and really well, like some good support for that horse too, Dan. And again, we speak about, well, don't worry about it too much. But it does have some significance for these unraced horses that there is a little bit of a trickle of support for these kinds of horses. Your best guide for a horse like Elderberry is five minutes before the jump. Now, if it holds its price yeah. around that $6, $6.50, it is screaming that it is a really good animal because most of obviously the big guys are going to have no data on it. So they're going to be trying to push it out. So... If it holds its price, that's a really good sign for any of these first starters where they're at. Uh, and you're right, the, the horse that obviously is favourite, probably deserves to be favourite, comes out of a race where there's since been three winners. So there's no knock on that form line whatsoever. You basically answered the question I'm about to ask you, Jules, because um, we talk about this a little bit on the review and we're learning all the time, especially with you. So with these two-year-olds analysing the market, what indications can the market give us regarding these babies so we can maybe bet with a little bit of confidence um, as we get closer to the race? Yeah, look, my um, feeling on these races um, is you've just got to be really careful. Yes, you might think you've got a really good price about a horse because it's jumped out, but you just, if you'd miss it, don't be too worried because especially the first starters, the market will spin around because they've just got no data on it. Then It's going to drift back out. It's just the way the game works that they want to be with raced ones. So my, my lesson would be for the, for the punters out there that if you're, you're keen on a first starter, there's no real need to get involved early. Hold off. Last five, ten minutes, if it holds its price, I think you can bet with some confidence because it's obviously um, plenty, uh, plenty of ability and that's going to run really well. So that's probably my lesson. Is yep. just, I don't think you need to be you know, the first one at the Lolly Shop. This is Giddy Up and our Sandown preview here on Giddy Up on this Wednesday morning. We'll take a quick break. On the other side of it, we'll... Take a look at um, some of the other features for the older horses. And um, it's great to see horses like Star Patrol and Jackanoke back at the races there at Sandown tomorrow. This is our Sandown preview ahead of uh, the Australia Day meeting. And there's some ripper thoroughbreds resuming um, to kick off their summer slash autumn campaigns and the um, back end feature races there at Sandown tomorrow. And the Adams Stakes, we see Star Patrol as the $2 favourite, he dominates the betting there in race number six. Um, you've got some interesting competitors against him. Dragonstone at $8.50 with Bet365 on the lead at $6. And then Alpha One first up for the Buston and Young Camp after coming from uh, the Snowden team at $6 here, Jules. So would you take the $2 Star Patrol? No. Best horse in the race by far. Yeah couple of questions off 152 days so he's had a pretty good break is he a thousand meter horse i mean this is the question that the punters have got to try and figure out themselves i think gate eight's a positive melon's a positive it's a kilo and a half above the minimum great signs box ticking there but we speak about this a lot they go we need a thousand meter horses for a thousand meter races don't try and push pressure this into yes it's the best horse in the race i'm going to override all my other sort of key form factors if it's, this horse gets to $2.50, cracking bet. I'll be taking the bet, absolutely. I just can't when you want to spend bank um, on a horse at $2, who I think is clearly the best horse in the race. Best horse in the race doesn't mean you win the race. I think there's some other genuine 1,000-metre horses in this race that can, um, you know, just get him maybe out of his comfort zone earlier than what he'd like. He's a horse that, you know, he's a big horse. Um, Sandown, no doubt, will suit. 
But if he's off, has to be chasing from the 600 instead of being able to get into his work, it might just be a little bit trickier than what I think the punters think. Looks like Starry Legend at around $13, $14 interests me. I thought he was pretty good first up. Um, second up, absolutely flew here last prep after failing at Mornington as a short price favourite. I'm happy to have something each way on it. But as I said, Star Patrol, best horse in the race. But very price sensitivity about it. So fifteen dollars bet three six five Starry Ledge and and there's as Jules has pointed out, Dino, there's some pretty handy thousand meter horses like an Alpha One or um, Yulong Kamar can go very quickly. How do you analyse this contest? Yeah, I think Jules has really hit the nail on the head, and it's a key point. You can look at this race and purely just go Star Patrol's better than these. Look at his jump outs, but that a thousand meters and first up record is the big concern on my figures. He's a better horse over 11 and 1200 metres, probably second or third up. Albeit, his jump outs have been phenomenal. I think the market's going to take him on late and sort of drift him out to that 250 price. And if it does, I'm really keen on that. I think he is the class horse. And I think he gets probably a good enough map here with Mellon in the saddle that he can overcome that. I don't think he has to be at his best to win this race. I think he's come back a bit better this preparation. But at the current odds, I don't think he can chime in. Outside of that, I think Dragonstone's a really good dry tracker. Getting back on that dry track, Barrier 3, shit aboard. I think he's the main danger to Star Patrol. Just quickly, um, Jules, is he a better straight horse, Star Patrol? Could be. Yeah. He's, he's got such a high leg action that I think that really does suit him. But um, Sandown is a big, spacious track. So I, I think Gate 8 is a massive plus for this horse. I think if it was Gate 1, I'd... I think he, he could get into all sorts of trouble, but um, I love the gate for him. Can you take a dollar eighty from an inside gate for Jack and O first up over the thirteen hundred metres in the Manfred, Jules? No, I can't. Again, another one that if he gets to even money, he's a crap. I think I'm happy to play then. I just don't think the market will let him get to an even money pop. I mean, well documented his form line, so I'm not going to bore the listeners with that. But I love the fact that he's only off eighty nine days here, so. There's some still residual fitness sort of from that late spring that he ran into. And I think um, you just look at the formulas and they go, how does he get beat here? And I know he's got 59 and a half, but the min's 55. So he's four and a half kilos above. He's a group one winner. And you just go back. I mean, history doesn't tell you what's going to happen in the future, but um, Generation 1 was 58 and a half, Portland Sky 1 was 58 and a half, and Super Seth 1 was 59 and a half. And you could arguably say he's better than all of them. So... The weight's not going to beat him. I love the fact that it's only been 89 days. It's just about what price you want to take. Gate two's going to be sticky, but he's got a world-class athlete on top. DNA? Yeah, I think you can take the dollar eighty. I think the biggest thing, and Jules Haas on it there, is the profile of the horse. And this horse profiles, his three best runs in his career and his three best peaks have all come first up or when he's been fresh and four weeks into his races. So he's a horse comparably to Star Patrol, but he is suited here first up um, over the 1,300 metres. Two trials, hasn't had long off. This looks like a real target for him. Um, the only interesting thing, Jules, is I saw Tongue Tie goes on first time in um, the gear changes, which really fascinates me. I don't know if that sort of was something that come on from the Coolmore run, but I think Jack and O's purely too good for things. I think the only danger is climbing star who's put on the board two really big figures last preparation and has upside, but I think Jack and O takes care of these, and I think history repeats itself. I think it's a really good point, Dano, just quickly with the tongue-tie first time, especially horses first up, especially colts. It gives me the indication, without knowing the camp or knowing too much, just from a form the way I do it, I just think that they're leaving no stone unturned here. They just think that we're going to put the tongue-tie, let's take everything out of the equation, and now this horse is ready to rock and roll. So if this horse was just here for a gallop, 
there's no need to put the tongue tie on first time. They want to keep this horse with the picket fence, this prep, I would suggest. And that's what you do. You get tongue tie on first time and you go, all right, let's not muck around. The only way we get beat is if we get no luck and we can't jump them. We've only got about a minute and a half left, lads. Gentlemen, Roy, I was sitting next to a group of um, some of the part owners of that galloper. They reckon they can be competitive in an all-star mile. They're working out how they get that horse into that all-star mile. Um, can he win first up at 320 as the market leader with bet 365, Jules? Market's suggesting he can. It's a race that's tricky. The fact that he goes forward, Zara, do I want to take $3.20? Probably not. Um, I'd be really interested. I don't know what the market's going to do with him, especially late, but uh, he's a nice horse and he'd probably want to be winning here to get his votes up for the All-Star Mile, I would have thought. All right, then what are we doing from a punting perspective? Who are we betting? Um, who are we backing there, Jules? Sand out. Yeah, so, yeah, look, I think it's one of those race, uh, days where you want to wait and see, but I'm pretty keen on the first. There's a horse called Max Mercury down the bottom. Damien Lane goes on, fourth up, this kind of distance, ready to rock and roll. I think it's a cracking each way bet because I think the only other winning chance is Wahini Toa, and I've gapped the rest. I've got double figures just about the rest. So uh, Max Mercury each way is the one for me in the first. Beautiful. So we'll have something each way on that galloper. 30 seconds, Dino, for your best. Yeah, best race seven, number one, Jackano. Um, in the Blue Diamond prelude, I'll be back in Cracker Rib around that $6 price. And in the other prelude, I'll be backing um, number 10, Elderberry. Love your work. Thanks for that, Jules. Good luck tomorrow, mate. Thanks for that, Dino. Thanks, mate. There we go, Jules Valance and Dean Watling. Max McCure, uh, Mercury at 480. Um, uh, the best there for Jules Valance to kick off proceedings at Sandown there tomorrow afternoon. Thanks for your time here on Giddy Up. It's been another really busy show. Um, uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning from 8 o'clock on Australia Day right across the country here on Giddy Up. Have a wonderful day.